you've probably already heard an awful lot about the new Canadian food guide that came out yesterday. It seems like everyone's talking about it. Normally, I like to stay away from topics that are getting a lot of press coverage because I don't want to just add to the noise. However, as this is a blog about food and cooking, I thought it was important to talk about it. So today, we're going to have a look at the new food guide. I'm going to share my thoughts on it, talk about what I think it's missing, what I think it got right, and how it's changed over the years. So before we look too deeply into the new Canadian food guide, let's first take a look at what it looked like when I was growing up. Now, in 1992, the food guide that was released was very focused on grain products. It was actually the large, it used to be a rainbow, and grain products were the largest part of the rainbow, followed by fruits and vegetables, milk products, and meat alternatives. Uh, now, this is what my generation was told a healthy diet looked like. We were told that a diet largely based on grains was good for you. It was a lot of grains, a decent amount of vegetables, a fair amount of dairy, and a bit of meat and meat alternatives. Things have changed a lot in 27 years. Now, if you're a few, few years older than me, then your food guide may have looked a little bit different. It may have been a circle divided into four sections. Um, and though they looked different, the general guidelines were about the same. The big difference was in the numbers of servings. The 92 version suggested adults eat 7 to 10 servings of vegetables and 6 to 8 servings of grain, while the 77 version recommended 4 to 5 servings of vegetables and 3 to 5 servings of bread and cereals. Now, for years, people have been complaining about the suggested amount of servings. For example, in 92, we were told that an adult had to eat up to 5 cups of fruits and vegetables a day. Now, for the record, that includes fruit juices. We were also told to have up to 4 cups of grains and cereals per day. Now that's nine cups of food, and we haven't even talked about dry uh, dairy and meats. Now the new food guide is a bit different than previous versions. It gets away from suggested serving sizes altogether. Rather than telling you how much of each thing you should eat, it just tells you to eat at least twice as many fruits and vegetables as everything else. What's been taken away? What you don't see in the new food guide is the four main food groups that we've all grown up with. Dairy, which used to be its own category altogether, now uh, has now found its way in with the proteins. Uh, some other things have changed as well. Whole grains are recommended over refined grains, and fruit juices no longer count as fruit and vegetables, which makes sense given their sugar content. On top of this, the guide recommends choosing water as your drink of choice. It doesn't say to drink four liters of water a day or whatever it used to be, says just drink water, which I think is good as well. So what's missing? Well, from my perspective, the only thing that is really missing from the new food guide is an emphasis on leafy green vegetables. Leafy greens are incredibly good for you, and I think as a society, we don't eat enough of them. I know I don't. Because of this, uh, it would have been nice to see a little push towards them. In the second part of the food guide. Along with the actual food guide, there's a second page that talks specifically about how to create healthy eating habits. It suggests being more mindful of what you're eating, cooking, uh, cooking more often, actually taking the time to enjoy your food, and eating with others. Uh, on the Food Guide website, you can click through each category and get more information, tips, and even recipes. This is actually a really useful resource, and so I've included a link at the end of this post. Uh, now, if you go to the website and click on the Cook More Often tab, you'll be taken to a page with a bunch of suggestions on it. It recommends cooking bigger meals that can last a few days and that can be used to make different things. Sound familiar? It should because uh, for pretty much the entire lifespan of this podcast, for anybody who's been listening since the beginning, you'll know, or who's gone back and listened to all of them, you'll know that I talked about this a lot um, you know, six to eight months ago about how you could 
you know, really cook three days a week and eat for the whole for the whole week just by making big batches of things, making extra sides, and then mixing and matching all of these components. So I think it's really cool that they're talking about it because I've been hammering this nail for a while. Now, I think that this section of the guide is very important. I think a big part of why so few people cook is because they don't want to do it every day and they don't enjoy it. Part of enjoying anything in life is being good at it. You'll never be good at cooking or really enjoy it if you don't do it. And it's really important. It's so important that we all do it. Conclusion. Overall, I would say that the new food guide matches what we've learned about diet and nutrition over the last you know, 27 years. Eat a lot of vegetables, a bit of protein, and a few whole grains. To me, this is the most common sense food guide we've had um, and probably the easiest to follow. Gone are the confusing recommended servings and serving sizes. It's simplified. It's user-friendly. Most importantly, it makes sense. Now, if you'd like to check out the food guide website for yourself, uh, I think you should. Just go to, uh, of course, they've made it very complicated. Uh, just go to food dash guide dot canada dot ca and you should be taken right there or just you know go to the canadian government site and search food guide and it'll come up and i really think you should check it out because there are a lot of really helpful resources there and also as a bonus uh, if you go to how to not burn shit dot com today you'll see um this post which is titled the new food guide or the new canadian my take on the new canadian food guide um, and what you'll see there is pictures of older food guides as well from the 30s uh, the 40s and the 60s and i think that it would be really cool i think that you would like them i I don't know you that well but i think you'd like them i think i think you'd find them interesting i do um to see how things have changed over the years anyway so that is my kind of rant on the new food guide i think they did a pretty good job of it i think it makes sense i like it um i hope that you've enjoyed this post and if you have you could you know, tell your friends about it, share it, do whatever you'd like with it. Thank you for listening. I'm Chef Ben. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. You can like and subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about it, share it, even read it. Um, uh, oh, and you can go, if you really like this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Ben Kelly Cooks and you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. You can help me help others by continuing to do the things that I am doing, including this blog, sorry, this podcast, the blog, uh, the free cooking show on Facebook every Monday night, all that stuff. Um, I would really appreciate it, but I also don't mind if you don't do it. So thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food and 5, and tomorrow is Thursday. That means it's a brief history day. And if I haven't done it before, we're going to do a brief history of bread. I don't think I have. So we're going to do a brief history of bread tomorrow, and then on Friday... We're going to finish off the two-part series that I started last Friday, Everything I Know About Chinese Food, a part two. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great Wednesday. Stay dry up there.